Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Religious people decided to get rid of Jesus. We've got to stop him. He's going to tear up the synagogue. He's going to ruin the temple. He's teaching a message that suggests that the people can get to God without us. And what then will we do for a job? If the people don't bring bullocks and lambs and goats and wave offerings and meal offerings and drink offerings, if they don't bring them to us to offer up oblations before God, then, then our significance is demented by His presence. Anytime somebody else's significance is diminished by your presence, they become a secret enemy. Yeah, that's worth taking back home with you. Yeah, don't let the smile fool you. Anytime their significance is diminished by your presence or success, they are apt to become a secret enemy. I don't care what they bought you for Christmas. Anytime their significance is diminished by your presence, they are apt to be an enemy in a secret and diabolical way. You have one group who's coming to the temple to say we've got to hold on to what we've been taught. The religious traditions of thousands of years are endangered by these new upstarts, this fresh generation of people in this new doctrine. We've got to fight to hold on to it. And on the other side, I serve before you that we have a group of untried, unproven apostles coming toward the temple for the first time without Jesus to see if the power of God will work for them in his absence like it did in his presence. They are the Elisha's of the New Testament. <laughs> they cut the mantle, but they don't know whether it's going to work right or not. <laughs> Have you ever had God put you in a position, but you weren't sure how to work? The position that God puts you in, you are there, but you're nervously there. You're shaking in there. You're praying in there. And say, Lord, if you don't help me, I don't know. I saw you do it for Bishop, but Lord, will you do it? Will you do it? For me. So. Pastor Bonet, they're moving to the temple, expecting the fight, but not the layman to fight the religious mindset that is waiting for them in the temple. But as is the case with much of life, it is not the destination that is important. It is the things that happen <laughs> along the way. You're busy trying to get to a particular place in life, and you say, once I get there, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to be blessed, and I'm going to have that, and I'm going to see the power of God. But it is not 
the destination. God is the shows on, on the rest stop on the side of the road. It is the things that happen along the way and along the way to the temple. There was a man. Third course. There was a man. He was different from the first two courses. The first course comes to defend their position and their significance against the tyranny of this new theology. The second group comes to establish a truth that they believe will convert the orthodox into the contemporary understanding of who Christ is. He didn't come for either thing. He came because he's broke. He came because he's crippled. He came because he's destitute. He came because any crippled person will tell you that religious people are more apt to be benevolent than other people. The begging was good over there. <laughs> oh, y'all don't like it when I tell the truth. This man has developed a pathology, a structure, a methodology, if you please, around his dysfunction. He does not come to the temple to be healed. He comes to the temple to get over. <laughs> he is not like the woman with the issue of blood saying, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. He didn't even ask to be healed. He got up out the bed that morning. Got some friends to get him dressed. They picked him up and carried him over where the begging was good. He got his cup out of his pocket and he started into his daily routine. Arms, 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 give me arms. Now, what I want you to see is it's the cataclysmic explosion that occurs when three different kinds of, kinds of people show up at the same place each expecting something different, and yet in the middle of this chaos, God is orchestrating the affairs because all of it ain't nothing but a setup. Now, brothers and sisters, I wish I could preach this like I feel it. This man had been laying from his mother's womb. He is obviously a grown man at this point. So he has had a lifetime of dysfunction. And God allowed it to be so. He allowed it to go on for years to set the stage. For a miracle. I want to make note of that for somebody who's had a long standing problem. Just because it's been there a long time doesn't mean it's going to stay a long time. Sometimes God will put your trouble on display and let everybody see you in trouble. Be convinced of your trouble so that when He delivers you, there will be no doubt. As to the 
Shepherd brought me through the storm. 
however, for your gift of $125 or more, we will also include T.D. Jake's new book, Destiny, Step Into Your Purpose, the Destiny Christian Study Guide Workbook, and Destiny Step Series on DVD. Find your safety under the Shepherd's Watch today. identify my courses. My first course has already got inside the temple. My third course is laid at the gate called Beautiful. And my second course is coming down the road at the ninth hour toward the temple. And when the second course gets ready to go through the gate, they run into the third course laying at the gate. And the third course asks the second course for some help. And the second course says to the third course, Silver and gold, have I none? You know, if you're going to operate today, you have to know what you do have and what you don't have. Look at your neighbor and say, I may not have what you expected, but if you give me a chance, I got something to offer. Oh, God. I may not have what you expected. I may not look like what you expected. I may not sound like what you had in mind, but I die. Oh, I'm about to feel like creepers. I better quit. Anybody know the name? Shout out the name! 
there is more. The object of life for a believer is to find Christ in the chaos. Because much of what we face in our lives are merely opportunities for God to show himself strong in your life. If you didn't go through anything, you would never know what God was able to do. figure in America. I believe and declare you will have a strong, healthy, faith-filled family. And Daystar is the only channel offering the full one-hour power-packed program from Lakewood Church. There is a power in you greater than any power that comes against you. Why are more than 7 million viewers tuning in weekly? It's more than the smile. Let's have so much joy that we can spread joy this week wherever we go. It's no wonder people all over the world want more. And Daystar has more. God is releasing strength, healing, deliverance, favor, new beginnings. The only place to get a full hour of Joel Osteen is Daystar. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed of. Tuesdays at 9 Central, only on Daystar. Daystar On Demand is wherever you are. Anytime, anywhere. with you. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I thank you for watching live today. Betty, I want to just have a little one-on-one for just a minute with our viewers. Can I, can I just, as though I was sitting there in the room with you, in a sense I am, I, I, really, I, I need your undivided attention for just a moment because I want to talk to you about you. For this is my body, which will live that way and not bring heavy consequences. Why? Because he's not going to have you mocking. He's not going to have you say, well, apparently, apparently, apparently this book can't be trusted. Because apparently I can still have my business, have my marriage, have my kids, have my private sexual thing. No, 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 no. 
God's not mocked. Jot this down. Exposure is certain. It's certain. Thankful for a mother who taught me Numbers 32:23. Be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. It's coming out. All you'd have to do is be a pastor in this church. You can't believe the crazy ways it comes out as people sear their conscience and get more self-confident and arrogant. God will find a way. God will bring it out. God's not afraid of a mess. He wants to clean up. It's going to come out. Better you bring it out than wait to be exposed. When I break God's law, God is not mocked. Exposure is certain. Consequences are exponential. They're exponential. Hosea 8.7 says, He sowed to the wind, and he reaped the whirlwind. He thought it was a little thing, and he found out it was a massive thing. He thought it was a trifle. He found out it was far, far more. The consequences will be exponential. You will look at the pleasure you had with such disgust when you finally realize what that cost you. Delay only makes it worse. Every day of rebellion is another plank kicked out of the bridge back to God. Every single day. Every day you put off repentance makes it harder to get back. Sadly, some are listening to this message and you've seared your conscience for so long. When will you hear a preacher pour out his heart and God's word on this subject more now? And, and you're moved, what, one and a half out of ten. Your soul is in danger of sinking into hell. You can hardly even care anymore. Because sexual satisfaction is your God. That's the altar you bow at. And now it's being rivaled in church in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not concerned about the guy who's ticked at me right now. I'm not concerned about the woman who's like, this is the day I should have stayed home. I hope you're angry. I'm concerned about the person sitting here who hardly cares, can't even feel the fear anymore. Drop this down. Forgiveness doesn't erase the consequences. Will God forgive? Tell me, will God forgive? Yes, God will forgive. But he will not free us from the consequences of our choices. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians 6, 7. Whatever you sow, you also reap. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. Choose to suffer. When will you see that God is not some cosmic killjoy maliciously withholding from you things that would give you a greater joy? God is a loving Father who carefully protects you from the things that would destroy you. All that God forbids, He forbids as a loving protection. All that God commends, He commends because of His desire to bless you and to give to you. God forgive our callous indifference to his law. 
in our arrogant pursuit of the momentary satisfaction which robs our soul and our families of a legacy of Christ-loving and Christ-serving. I must admit that sexual sin is breaking God's law, and then this. I must acknowledge the consequences of sexual sin. Go with me, please, to Judges 16. Judges 16, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. The seventh book in the Bible is the story of the children of Israel early in the promised land, fresh from Egypt. God appointed judges, one of them named Samson. He was a Hercules physically, but he was a tiny, tiny man morally. And his lack of character destroyed him. I'm going to show you in detail Judges 16, but first, just so you know, I'm not harping on a single incident. In Judges 14, it says that Samson went down to Timnah, At Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, the Philistines are like the arch enemy of God. Samson was raised up to oppose them. They wouldn't yield the land that God had promised to his people. This is the equivalent. Him going into a Philistine woman is the equivalent of your daughter coming home and saying, Dad, I've been dating one of Osama bin Laden's... hard for us to appreciate what's really happening here, trying to give you an analogy. The people that he was raised up to defeat, he is lustfully interacting with. See it here. He saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Look how he talks to his parents. Now get her for me as my wife. Who talks to their parents like that? He's addicted to his own pleasure. Get her for me. The father weakly protests, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all of our people that you must go take a wife from these Philistines? Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's right in my eyes. Nothing stops the sexual addict but a crisis. I'll have what I want. I'll have what I want. Many more occurrences of this that I could show to you. Look at chapter 15. After some time, after some days, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to get his wife. He brings her a gift. He said to her, I'll go into my wife in the chamber. Get it? Her father would not allow him to go in. He said, I really thought you utterly hated her. I gave her to your companion. Is not your, her younger sister more beautiful than Take her and how, how twisted, how bizarre. How would we have known that you wanted to be faithful to this woman with the way that you've been acting? Samson goes into an absolute tyrannical tirade. The father and his wife end up being, in verse 6, uh, burned at the stake. Flip over to chapter 16, begins the same way with this man who could not deny, had no impulse control of any kind. Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went into her. Verse 4, after this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was, there she is, 
How many people calling their kids Delilah these days? Euphemistic for the seductress. I want you to notice uh, what is lost in sexual sin. Notice first the loss of mission. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek named Delilah, and the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Seduce him. Use sex to get him defeated. See where his great strength lies, by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him. We're going to humble him. We'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Delilah said to Samson, tell me where your great strength lies, how you might be bound. There was a, Bible scholars believe that Samson actually was not a, a, a bodybuilder. He didn't look massive. This is why they're always like, how can this guy be so he would defeat whole armies? He was so strong. And wouldn't it just, we don't know for sure, but wouldn't it be just like the Lord to take some like, you know, five, seven, skinny little guy, and, and wouldn't that, how, many, how many people agree? Interpretation by voting. Would that be like the Lord? And I, think, I think he was just a regular, really regular guy. And like most regular guys, he thought he was more than he was. So here's this gorgeous woman, Delilah, and he can't figure out that she's attracted. He should have been going, what on earth is she attracted to me for? And how many men delude themselves about who they really are? by gazing upon people that, that wouldn't give them a cup of coffee if they met him in person. Amen. You're just fooling yourself. And, and you're destroying your capacity to be satisfied in that gorgeous woman who is giving her life for you. The person caught in the web of sexual addiction, we've seen it so many times, they'll get to the edge of the cliff and you think they should be hitting the brakes and they don't. They hit the gas pedal and go right over. In the matter of sexual sin, we've actually uh, written a very specific pamphlet called Five Moral Fences. It's what I've been living by for many years. It's what I've taught to my sons. It's what I've taught to hundreds, if not thousands of pastors. Practical steps you can take to get free from and stay free from sexual sin. I want to get this pamphlet out to you. It's just so practical. It'll help you immediately in this all-important area where victory is so needed. Did you see his new suit? He was looking good. I can't believe the movies you can watch in your hotel room. What's the big deal? So I drive my assistant to work every day. I'm just being a nice guy. He's such a great guy. I wish my husband treated me that way. Moral failure doesn't happen overnight. It slowly creeps into your work and home, which is why you need to protect your family from it. We'd like to send you the Five Moral Fences booklet, where James McDonald helps you set boundaries that build a protective fence in your life. And if you call today, we'll send you a bonus CD called Convicted About Purity. Protect yourself and your loved ones by asking for the Five Moral Fences when you give a gift of any amount to Walk in the Word. And by supporting this ministry with a gift of $150 or more, we'd also like to send you two powerful collections. First, you'll receive a brand new 15-message collection called Straight Talk, Loving Your Neighbor and Everyone Else, where you will learn that God's transforming truths are the best way to love the people He has put in your life. Plus, as our thank you, we'll also send you the six-DVD set called Unstuck, Fresh Traction for Common Struggles. 
In this series, James McDonald shares ways to help you from the common struggles that affect so many of us. Call right now and ask for Unstuck when you call 800-545-6800 or go now to jamesmcdonald.tv. So here goes Samson, and Delilah does this, watch, not once, not twice, three times, four times, same thing. What's the secret of your strength? He should have been like, why do you want to know that? But he had, listen, he had something else on his mind. Got it? So she says, you've got to tell me the secret of your strength. He tells her, then he gets what he wants. Everybody clear on that? Do I need to say any more? He gets what he wants, then he does what men often want to do after what they get what they want. He wants to what? He wants to sleep. So he goes to sleep, and then she says every time, the Philistines are upon you. And I'll just show you a couple of them here. Verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried. She bound him with them. Now she had men lying in ambush. Now how drunk with lust do you have to be to not know that you're in the room on a couch and behind the couch is an army? And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a threat of flax snaps when it's touched the fire so the secret of his strength was not known. Notice, drop down here, loss of mission, loss of loyalty, loss of common sense. The same thing happens again. This time he says, it's new ropes. The Philistines are upon you. Snap the ropes off his arm like a thread. I mean, the clue phone is ringing off the hook for this guy. All right? Um, Hello? Hello? He can't get it. So consumed with lust, Delilah said to Samson, until now you've mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. He said, well, you've got to weave my hair. There's little parts that are left out here as the Bible is delicate. So while he slept, got it, the part that was left out? Delilah took seven locks of his head, wove them into a web. She made them tight. Philistines are upon you. He wakes up, pulls the pen away. I just just jot this down. Consequences, now loss of fear. He should be terrified about the slope that he's going down. But what's interesting is the person caught in the web of sexual addiction, we've seen it so many times, they'll get to the edge of the cliff, and you think they should be hitting the brakes, and they don't. They hit the gas pedal and go right over. And that's what he's about to do. She said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You've mocked me these three times. You've not told me where your great strength lies. She pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him. His soul was vexed to death. He told her all his heart. A razor has never come upon my head, for I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. Unbelievable that he told that family secret to this seductress if my head is shaved my strength will leave I'll become weak like any other man he knows the truth 
but he sins against the light. Delilah saw that he had told her his heart. She sent and called, come up. He's told me all that she knew. The Lord of the Philistines came up. She made him sleep on her knees, part left out. She called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Notice she began to torment him. How much? Did, hold up. How much did she care for Samson? Right? You idiot! You idiot! You fool! She starts to torment him. Philistines are upon you. He woke from sleep. I will go out, saddest verse in the Old Testament, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. Didn't even know it. Sinned against us and seared his conscience for so long, jotted down loss of God's favor. Loss of God's favor. The price that he's paying for a moment of pleasure. He has a wife at home. What to do? Last passage, turn with me to 2 Corinthians 7. Paul says in verse 8, 2 Corinthians 7, 8, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I don't regret it. Though I did regret it. For I see that the letter grieved you. Look up here for a second. Your pastor really understands that verse. I don't want to come to church to grieve you. But I recognize that to be faithful to the Lord, sometimes I have to grieve you. And I'm not going to regret it. I could regret it for a moment. Notice, I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you. No one wants to grieve people they love. As it is, he says, I rejoice, not because you are grieved, but because you are grieved into repenting. Anyone who loves another would do everything they can to get them to the place of repentance. Repentance is when everything changes. You say, well, I've repented before. No, you haven't. Repentance is change. You may have had a, notice he talks here about a worldly repentance. He says here, in, for godly grief, godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Most often we have regret. Why am I like this? Why do I do this? Why am I so weak? Sorry, I. Sorry, I'm this way. Sorry, you don't like how this affects you. Sorry, I'm in this trouble now. Worldly repentance. Just the flip side of the same old selfishness. Godly repentance. Grief over what my sin says to God. Grief over what my sin communicates about God. And what I think about what he's done for me. Let God crush you with the weight of that. Come, Holy Spirit, now and crush us with the weight of our sin and what it says about our ingratitude for the cross. Godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Worldly grief produces death. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean he died. Because everyone's going to die, whether their repentance is godly or worldly. That means second death, lake of fire death. A lifetime of worldly, shallow repentance is the road to hell. Produces death. Here's the characteristics of godly repentance. Earnestness. See what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. Eagerness to clear yourselves, indignation, 
This doesn't rouse me anymore. It repulses me. This, this doesn't tempt me. It, it grieves me. This doesn't light me up. I love it. What indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, those are characteristics of a heart that is revived. What punishment. What, 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 how hard you become on any opportunity to sin. You would punish yourself before you'd give yourself a chance to fall into something so shameful again. That's repentance. Godly repentance. That is such a neglected discipline. Hey, stay tuned. Don't change the channel. I know the message is over, but Pastor James is going to give some closing comments about this subject to us. Can you talk to the person at home who's sitting there and they're just like, I'm really stuck here. Like, just help us a little more. All right, well, it all comes down to repentance. And uh, the Bible says uh, that God grants repentance. You might uh, just kneel down right now where you are and just ask God to give you the gift of repentance. When we repent, our mind changes. Think about the prodigal son stuck in that pig pen in Luke 15. It says that he came to his senses, so he started to think differently. It says that he, you know, he thought he was too big for his family, but all of a sudden he's running for home saying, I'm not even worthy to be part of this family. So he thought differently. He felt differently. And as he was uh, moving, he said, I will go to my father. I will say to my father, he was forming a plan of action. Now, repentance is changing my mind the way I think about sin. Uh, it's changing my emotions. That used to rouse me. Now it repulses me. It's a change in the way that I feel about it, and it's actually a, a plan of action to live differently. We're going to say more about that plan of action on the broadcast up ahead, but this will help. You know you've repented when. Uh, two New Testament passages. One says, bring forth fruit in keeping with repentance. And one says, repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. When repentance is happening in the heart, there's actions that naturally flow from those, like the open confession of sin, like the absence of rationalization. I used to make all these excuses. I'm so done with my excuses. I really want to change. And then another fruit of repentance is not just the open confession of sin and the absence of rationalization, but a desire to make restitution, a desire to be right with the people my sin injured, a willingness to go to people and say, I've sinned against you like the prodigal son ran to his father. Now, look at repentance is serious business. We're not done teaching about it yet, but I want you to begin to think and pray about those things. And before you leave the room you're in right now, kneel down and pray and ask God to give you the gift of repentance. Did you see his new suit? He was looking good. I can't believe the movies you can watch in your hotel room. What's the big deal? So I drive my assistant to work every day. I'm just being a nice guy. He's such a great guy. I wish my husband treated me that way. Moral failure doesn't happen overnight. It slowly creeps into your work and home, which is why you need to protect your family from it. We'd like to send you the Five Moral Fences booklet, where James McDonald helps you set boundaries that build a protective fence in your life. And if you call today, we'll send you a bonus CD called Convicted About Purity. Protect yourself and your loved ones by asking for the Five Moral Fences when you give a gift of any amount to walk in the Word. And by supporting this ministry with a gift of $150 or more, we'd also like to send you two powerful collections. 
First, you'll receive a brand new 15-message collection called Straight Talk, Loving Your Neighbor and Everyone Else, where you will learn that God's transforming truths are the best way to love the people He has put in your life. Plus, as our thank you, we'll also send you the six-DVD set called Unstuck, Fresh Traction for Common Struggles. In this series, James McDonald shares ways to help you from the common struggles that affect so many of us. Call right now and ask for Unstuck when you call 800-545-6800 or go now to jamesmcdonald.tv. I started listening to Pastor James McDonald about six years ago, and the first time I listened to him, I was like, man, who is this guy? He brought the word so clear and so straightforward, and every message on every weekend was so convicting to me, and it spoke to me and to my life. To be able to hear his messages and not only have it last on Sunday, but really last throughout the week, I think that um, is truly impactful for our family. Hey, we love you. All right? I mean that, and, uh, and we're here for you. So um, call the phone number. Let us get this resource to you, and uh, let's work on this uh, important issue together. Thank you for standing with us at Walk in the Word TV as we seek to stand with you. Now, we're praying for you, and uh, we're trusting God that you're going to experience greater victory in the days ahead. All right? Hey, thanks for watching, and you can expect another straight-up message from God's Word, as always, here with James McDonald on Walk in the Word TV. by the friends and partners of Walk in the Word. It's right. 
I believe it. Every chain is broken. This worship is shifting the eyes of
Good morning. Good morning. 
Turn you up there. So far, so good. Hundred 
Morgan Macmillan family. And
Bodilgan, Dedigan, Go say she to 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 go say she
People are gifting class. And they should go say, 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 should go Helpmate, Joyce Mason, Alex Thompson, Elliot, and Chris Foster. Maria Rose Johnson. Shandaraka Donald Luster, Shinde
President Obama. <sighs> the mastermind group. Hundred go say she 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 go under Kosa. Mastermind group, President Obama, my parents. Okay, um, Wajin, Hombro, Roden Hospital and Community and Dedo Marquis Charles the second Shindir go say she 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 go Rombaka, Hoshida go Saraganda, Sakara. Pastor Marsh and Dirigo say she go 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 Saraganda, Robasa, Sakara, and myself. Hoshida go say she go say she go say she go Rombaka, or a bandit go say she go say she go Sandraka, Sakara. And we got. Demond Holland and KSF organization, Denise and Terry, Sam McNair, Barbara Carson, family, Mike Stripeson, Dietrich, Jerry, Barbara Salter's cousin, Louis Sherry, Bishop Yarbo, Erica Collins, Smith, Corey and Dennis, Mark Gully, Gerard Jenkins, Mark Eaton, Charles Sr., Gene Altman, Platt Academy, Don Smith, Jeff and Natasha Ferguson, Guy Subway, Cheryl Vaughn, Phil and Jan Enloe, Mom Regina, Nate Carson, CFF, Travis Crocker, Larry Stone, City of Osakers, and Rosemore. Got deceased in hospice, sick and shut in, abuse, addiction. Congregations and churches.
Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> Let me do one save. Rombrande Congregation and churches and Abuse and addiction. Missionaries, <laughs> The prisoners, missionaries, sick and shut-in, Oh, boy. Sick and shut-in, abused and addictions, uh, congregation churches, deceased in hospitals, missionaries, now, pressure to ministries and the families. And they go she she goes she she the comprando go she she the arana cosanda. But she the go she 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 she the grombaka or shiraka sakra. Okay. Um. What else I got? Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. She did go she she the go run did go she she the run did go she she the run did go she she the grombaka. Knowledge, wisdom, understand on a synergistic and increasing basis. And Um, walking in the realm of the supernatural. She did she go say 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 she go rumbaka. She she go say 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 she go rumbaka. 
Supernatural superhuman strength, ability, gifts, and talents on a synergistic and increasing basis. Okay, what we got? Financial breakthroughs, walking in the realm of supernatural, knowledge, good, and understanding, supernatural, superhuman strength, ability to get some talents on the synergistic increasing basis. The ability to persevere and to faint not. Health, healing, restoration of our youth on the synergistic and increasing basis. And that's it, and that's all. That's all the list this is. Okay.
Give me my charger.
to get into the reading <clears throat> after I do my juice. Ain't that special? Parch is on the line, Sam. Did you hear me, Sam? That's not. Mm. Morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing real good. I'm looking forward to great expectations today. Good. Good, good, good. Now, what did you say, Smart? I said punch is on the line. That's oh. all I said. See, when I try to be nice to you, you got to come to me. I ain't even do anything yet. Yet is the key word. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Hello, Punch. How are you? Now, now she don't want to speak. Now she don't got scared. I'm okay, Mr. Sam. I had you on mute. Okay. Well, I'm going to minister to you, but after I do the reading. Okay. Okie doke. Yes. If that's all right with your mama. <laughs> you good, you good. Mm-hmm. So right now. Haroko she 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 she
Okay. These are the conditions which we on our side must fulfill. The Holy Spirit requires our cooperation. The Lord will not be able to do his part should we fail to do ours. But when we discharge our responsibility, our high priest will tear apart our spirit and soul with the sharp sword of his spirit and the power of his cross. Everything which belongs to emotion, sensation, mind, and natural energy be separated one from another from the spirit so as, we, as to leave no trace of fusion. To lie on the altar is what we must do, but to divide the soul and spirit from with the wet with the well-honed knife is what our high priest undertakes. If we truly commit ourselves to the cross, our high priest should not fail to execute his ministry in separating our spirit and soul. We need not worry about his part. Upon seeing we have fulfilled the requirements for his work, we depart our soul at the appropriate time thereafter. Those who have apprehended the danger of a mixture of these two organs cannot but seek deliverance. Open through the road is to deliverance, it nevertheless is not without its difficulties. Believers must persevere in prayer that they may see clearly their own pitiful state and understand the indwelling working and demands of the Holy Spirit. They need to know the mystery and the reality of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. May they honor such holy presence. May they be careful not to grieve him. May they, may they know that aside from sin, what grieves him most is as well as what harms themselves. Okay, hold up. May they honor such holy presence. May they be careful not to grieve him. May they know that aside from sin, what grieves him the most as well as what harms themselves, the deepest is to walk and labor according to their own life. The first and original sin of man was to seek what is good, wise, and intellectual according to his own idea. God's children today often make the same mistake. They should realize that since they have believed in the Lord and have the Holy Spirit indwelling them, they ought to give the Spirit complete authority over their souls. Do we think because we have prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to reveal his mind and to work in us that all should accordingly be done? That assumption is not the truth. For unless we deliver to death specifically and daily our natural life together with his power, wisdom, self, and sensation, and unless we equally desire honestly in our mind and will to obey and rely upon the Holy Spirit, we should not see him actually performing the work. The Lord's people should understand that it is the word of God which parts his soul and spirit. The Lord Jesus is himself the living word of God, so he himself affects the division. Are we disposed to let his life and accomplished work stand between our soul and spirit? Are we ready to have his life so fill our spirit that the soul is immortalized? The Bible is written, the Bible is God's written word. Lord Jesus uses the teaching of the Bible to separate our soul and spirit. Are we willing to follow the truth? 
Are we ready to do what the scriptures teach? Can we obey the Lord in accordance with the teaching of the scripture without putting in our opinion as well? Do we consider the authority of the Bible sufficient without seeking human help and obedience? We must obey the Lord in everything he teaches us in his word if we would desire to enter upon the true spiritual path. This is the sword which is the operative of the cleaving of our soul and spirit. Very early in his life, we liken a whole being, spirit, soul, and body, to the anxious Jewish temple of God's habitation. God dwells in the Holy of Holies. A curtain separates it, a cur- a curtain separates it from the holy place. This curtain seems to enclose God's glory and presence within the Holy of Holies, barring his glory from the holy, holy, holy place. Men at that time, therefore, can only know the things outside the curtain in the holy place. Apart from faith, they in their... Apart from faith, they and their our life cannot sense the presence of God. This curtain, however, only exists temporarily. At the appointed hour, with the flesh of our Lord Jesus, which is the reality of the curtain, Hebrews 10 and 20, was crucified on the cross, the curtain was rent from top to bottom. What separated the holiest and the holy place was removed. God's aim was not to dwell permanently just in the holy of holies. Quite the contrary. He desired to extend his presence to the holy place, too. Merely waiting for the cross to complete its work, for it is the cross alone which can rend the curtain and permit God's glory to shine out from the holiest place. God today would have his own enjoy such a temple experience in their spirit and soul, if only the cross is allowed to perfect his work in them. As they ungodly obey the as they ungrudgingly obey the Holy Spirit, the communion between the holy and the holiest grows deeper and deeper by day until they experience a great change. It is a- which affects the rending of the curtain. That is, the cross so functions in the life of the believer that he has a rent curtain experience between his spirit and soul. His natural life renounces his independence and waits upon the spirit life for direction and supply. A curtain was torn in two from top to bottom, Mark 15 and 38. This has to be God's doing, not man's. When the work of the cross is finished, God tears the curtain. This cannot be achieved either by our labors or by our strength not even by our entreaty. The moment the cross accomplishes its task, at that moment is the curtain rent. Let us therefore renew our consecration and offer ourselves to God without reservation. Let us be willing to have our soul life committed to death in order that the Lord who dwells in the holiest may finish his work. If he observes that the cross is wrought thoroughly enough in us, the Lord shall indeed integrate the holiest and the holy and holy within us. Just as he centuries ago rent the curtain by his might, so that his Holy Spirit might flow out of his glorious body. I'm going to just stop it there. All righty. These are the conditions which we on our side must fulfill. In other words, this is what we got to do. This ain't on God to do it. This is our responsibility. The Holy Spirit requires our cooperation. Remember, this is still a free will. If the Holy Spirit will not go against your will. Also remember, you can offend the Holy Spirit. He said, you know what, I ain't going to be bothered with you somewhere else. Now, I understand it's a good idea to blaspheme God, but it says that you can offend the Spirit and the Spirit will depart from you. I mean, you know, he'll break camp. He said, I ain't got to be bothered with you. Holy Spirit requires our cooperation. The Lord will not be able to do his part should we 
Car. But were we to discharge our responsibility, our high priest would tear apart our spirit and soul with the sharp sword of his spirit and the power of his cross. Everything which belongs to emotion, sensation, mind, and natural energy would be separated one from another from the spirit so as to leave no trace of fusion. In other words, he wants to separate our spirit from our soul. Remember, we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, and we've been reading about how much our soul is part of the flesh nature. And so the Lord desires to separate our spirit from our soul totally, so we're totally spirit-led. That's his job, but our job is to allow him to do it. Our job is to, is to, is to let him do, do that which he desires and not get in the way. To lie on the altar is what we must do, but to divide the soul from the spirit with the well-honed knife is what our high priest undertakes. If we truly commit ourselves to the cross, our high priest should not fail to execute his ministry in separating our spirit and soul. We need not worry about his part. Upon seeing we have fulfilled the requirements for his working, he shall part our spirit and soul at the appropriate time thereafter. In other words, just imagine it like a surgeon. You know, once you get on that surgery table, it's a done deal. You, but you need to trust him. And so right now we got the great physician. Okay, so he's just requiring, he's just saying, hey, are you going to let me work? Once you get on the altar, say, yes, Lord, go ahead and do what you need to do. I'm going to let you cut out, hurt, whatever you need to do. I'm, I'm going to trust you. Once you make that decision and you get on the altar, just like who was that, Isaac's son, Abraham's son, Isaac, he got on the altar willingly. And that's what we got to do. We got to get on the altar willingly and allow him to do the work he wants to do in our life. Those who have apprehended the danger of a mixture of these two organs cannot but seek deliverance. Open through the road is, is to deliver. Open, open though the road is to deliverance, and nevertheless is without its difficulties. Believers must persevere in prayer that they may see clearly their own pitiful state and understand the indwelling working and demands of the Holy Spirit. Our own pitiful state. That's what we have to really see where we are. Now, does that mean that 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 you're depraved, you're decrepit? No, he's trying to get you to see that in yourself. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. In yourself, when you're walking in self, when you're walking in your your thoughts, your emotions, when your feelings, your mindset, your understanding, when you're walking in you, that's what he's trying to see. That means just your ideas, but see, again, it's progressive revelation. Don't think you're going to just jump in tomorrow. Don't think you're going to make a decision, and I'm going to do this tomorrow. It's progressive revelation, and the God has to grow you out of yourself. God, first of all, has to reveal to you, this is you, this is not me. See, it's a mixture. It's a mixture, and it takes a while for you to grow to that, and it's a continual process. But he'll begin to show you before what you thought was him. It was a part of him, but it was a lot more of you. So now he begins to pull more and more of you out of, your, out of, of what's going on. See, remember before the writer pointed out that God, there's no good thing in our flesh. He hates our flesh. Our flesh is cursed. See, remember, so we have to come from that viewpoint, from that standpoint of understanding what, what the writer is pointing out, what the word is trying to get us to see in ourselves. 
anything that's me, 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 I, 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 it is not God. Remember before we talked about we can praise God in our soul. We can worship God in our soul, but it's not in spirit. We need to worship God in spirit and truth. We can read the Bible and do godly things in our soul, but it's not being led by the spirit. So so this is you have to have that understanding of what he's trying to get you to see or us to see. Believers must persevere in prayer that they may see clearly their own pitiful state and understand the indwelling, working, and demands of the Holy Spirit. They need to know the mystery and reality of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. May they honor such holy presence. May they be careful not to grieve him. May they know that aside from seeing what grieves him the most as well as what harms themselves the deepest is to walk and labor according to their own life again. You can grieve the Holy Spirit again. It grieves him when you're not letting him lead. Just just think of this. Think of two dancers on the floor. Uh, normally the man leads the woman, and, well, back in the day anyway. Nowadays, whole another story. But the man leads the woman. So what if they both try to lead at the same time? They start going and they wouldn't be in harmony. So now that's the same thing with you and the Holy Spirit. It wouldn't be a harmony. And that's that's what he's trying to get you to see. The first and original sin of man was to seek what is good, wise, and intellectual according to his own idea. God's children today often make the same mistake. They should realize that since they have believed in the Lord and have the Holy Spirit indwelling them, they ought to give the Spirit complete authority over their souls. Do we think because we have prayed, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his mind and the work in us, that all should accordingly be done. That assumption is not the truth. For unless we deliver to death specifically and daily our natural life, together with his power, wisdom, self, and sensation, now look at all this that he's attributing to our natural life. Our power, its power, its wisdom, its self, and sensation. And unless we equally desire honesty and our mind and will to obey and rely upon the Holy Spirit, we should not see him actually performing the work. See, that's, that's, the, that's the problem there, there. Getting rid of our own thoughts, our own desires, our own sensations, our own mindset, what we think, how it's supposed to be. And, and, and then walk in accordance. I'm talking about the fullness. I'm not talking about partiality. I'm also understanding that this is a progressive revelation, but I'm trying to get you to see the problem areas. Because as you start depending more and more on the Holy Spirit, you become scared. How is this going to work? What's going to happen, Lord? I don't know. You start seeing things as contradictory to the things that you're confessing out of your mouth, the things that you're praying for. You start things as, that's going to be that's going to be harmful. When I say harmful, it's going to be you know, you're going to be hurting or you're going to be in hard places, and you still got to stand and believe God and trust God. See that that's that's what I'm talking about. See those are the areas there that we begin to struggle with. That's why it's not just easy. That's why you don't just say I'm going to do this and tomorrow you've achieved. No. This flesh nature has a life of its own. See, one thing I'm, I'm pointing out, and I like to point out, in the Garden of Eden, before sin had even entered into the world, Eve and Adam had a desire to eat of the tree of the God, knowledge of good and evil. They had a desire. Why did they have a desire? Their flesh nature desired to do this. 
In the state of a sinless society, sin had not yet entered the world. The flesh was so strong back then that they had a desire to do what God told them not to do. So if in that environment the flesh was strong as it is before sin entered, how strong do you think it is now? So just have that mindset when the Lord is trying to get you to say, I need to separate this. And see, he's a great surgeon. He doesn't just cut you where you're going to die. He's going to cut you where you might hurt a little bit, he might bleed a little bit, but it's for your good and it's for his glory. So you might be in those hard, those difficult places, and he's telling you just to grab hold of my word and hang on. He's telling you to seek me regarding the situation and circumstance. He's telling you to trust me and my way. See, and, and as you continue to stand, as you continue to eat of the food that he gives you, which is his spiritual food, you find that you wake up, hey, it's another day. You find you, that I, I did another step. You find that I was able to persevere because I've been trusting and seeking the Lord. And that's how you, how you put to death your flesh and your mindset and your will because you realize that I can't do this in me. I need some strength. I tried in my way. Let me keep trying. And you just keep taking a little bit at a time, a day by day, another piece, another piece, another piece. You just keep eating and feeding your spirit. And as you keep doing that on a continuous basis, you begin to recognize that it's your soul begins to die because you're realizing that you're not walking according to the way that you thought, the way you desire, and it's progressive. But again, like the author pointed out, it's a daily walk. And you, ha you have to make a decision that you want to get on an altar. And sometimes we make those decisions because the other way just haven't worked. Sometimes we get kicked on the altar. Sometimes you'd be looking at the altar, all of a sudden you feel something happen, and bam, you got kicked in your butt, you got up on the altar because well, you, it just wasn't working, you had no choice. You still got a choice, but it's like, you well, either I'm going to sink or swim. That's what I call it. I call it the sink or swim philosophy. It's like you get placed in the middle of the ocean. You get placed in the middle of the ocean, and you're, you're either going to sink or swim. You cry out for God for help, and you see a finger in the sky pointing in the direction you need to go. Well, Lord, I can't swim. And he'll say, you'll, find, you'll learn. And all you see is that finger pointing, and you find that you haven't been eating. You find that this. See, so many times we, we get so much in our mindset, and we, we just get so, we just allow the enemy room to come in and tear us apart. Well, the sharks are going to come. I'm going to drown. I'm, this could happen. You sitting there, you ain't drowned, you ain't dead, you imagine what's going to happen. Dummy, start moving. See, you allow the enemy so much room in your life. You allow the enemy so much about what could happen, what's going to happen. It has not happened yet. Get to moving. Trust God. Confess and walk. You cannot allow the enemy in there to beat you up the way he desires for you to begin to look at yourself, your situation and circumstances. When you do look at the way that you're limited, when you do look at the way that I don't have enough, then you, that's when you need to get on the altar and cry to God to give me the strength, the endurance of whatever it is I need so that I can press on. See, when you're looking at yourself and you're looking at the reality, because I call it the reality of stuff. Yeah, there's sharks in the water. Yeah, it's over my head. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. This is the reality. But I got to look past the reality with my faith. I got to look past the reality and say, God, I need you. See, that's what gets you on the altar. And that's what allows God to say, come on, I will give it to you, but I'm going to have to cut you. 
I will give it to you. I'm going to have to trim this away. And you begin to say, yes, Lord, because I need to live. I need to walk. I need to perform that which needs to be done. will begin to rise up and become the overcomer by his word, not according to your ability, not according to your mindset, not according to your strength. I got um the Lord's people should understand that it is the word of God which parses soul and spirit. The Lord Jesus himself is the living word of God, so he himself affects the division. Are we disposed to let his life and be accomplished work stand between our soul and spirit? Are we ready to have his life so fill our spirit that the soul life is immobilized? The Bible is God's written word. The Lord Jesus uses the teaching of the Bible to separate our soul and spirit. Are we willing to follow the truth? Are we ready to do what the scriptures teach? Can we obey the Lord in accordance with the teaching of the scripture without putting in our opinion as well? Do we consider the authority of the Bible sufficient without seeking human help in our obedience? We must obey the Lord and everything he teaches us in his word, if we would desire to enter upon a true spiritual path. This is the sword which is operative to the cleaving of our soul and spirit. Get into the word. Seek the, seek the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you in, in all things, especially spiritual things. And allow him to teach you. And it's not saying that, just like right now, we're, we're talking, we're communicating, we're going back and forth. But we're doing it being led by the Spirit. I'm not saying sometimes we might not get sidetracked. I'm not saying something that we're 100%. But that's our goal. That's our aim. You know, when I open up in the morning or when we open up, I always say, let's open up in prayer. I pray in the Spirit because when I'm doing that, I say, okay, Lord, you line up this phone call as you want to do it. And that's that's why I pray in the Spirit. I just, I just let him go ahead and line up however he wants to. I don't know how this call is going to flow. And honestly, I don't even try. Even on Sunday when, when I'm supposed to be giving the word, I don't know what I'm going to say. My job is just to get in contact with the Holy Spirit and begin to gird myself up and he will guide me. But again, that's, that's being led and dependent upon the Holy Spirit. It's not something you just, as somebody, well, just off the, off. no, no, the Holy Spirit will train you how to walk with him. It's a process. It's a process, and you have to you have to study. You have to eat. It's a lot of things that you do, but he will train you how to walk in accordance with the way that he has for your life. You're not going to do things the way that I do them. It's not it's not it's not your job. You're not me. You're not supposed to. You're going to do things the way that God desires you to do them. If let him in and seek him. Read. Very early in this volume, we likened our whole being, our whole being, spirit, soul, and body, to the ancient Jewish temple of God's habitation. God dwells in the holy of holies. A curtain separates it from the holy place. This curtain seems to enclose God's glory and presence within the holy of holies. Barring His glory from the holy place, men at that time therefore can only know the things outside the curtain in the holy place. 
Apart from faith, then the outward life cannot see the presence of God. Remember back in the day you had the temple, then you had the holy holies, which is in the inner space. That's where God dwelt. You had three parts. I forget what the middle part. You had the outside part, which is the temple. You had the inner part. Felicia broke it down real good. And then, then you got the holy holies in, on the inner place. And that's where the Holy Spirit was. The priest could only go into the holy of holies once a year. This curtain, however, only exists temporarily. At the appointed hour when the flesh of our Lord Jesus was the reality of the curtain in Hebrews 10 and 23, was crucified on a cross, the curtain went from top to bottom. A separate the holiest and the holy place was removed. God's aim was not to dwell permanently just as in the holy of holies. Quite the contrary, he decided to extend his presence to the holy place too. He was merely waiting for the cross to complete his work, for the cross alone which can render curtain and permit God's glory to shine out from the holiest place. Otherwise, God, he was waiting for the cross to do what needed to be done. Once the cross did that, then we no longer needed a mediator to come to God. Now we can come to God ourselves. Actually, our mediator is Jesus Christ. Okay? It's through the work of the cross. How we come to God is through Jesus Christ. God today would have his own enjoy such temple experience in their spirit and soul if only the cross is allowed to perfect his work in them. As they ungrudgingly obey the Holy Spirit, the communion between the holy and the holiest grows deeper day by day until they experience great change. As they ungrudgingly obey the Holy Spirit, the communion between the holy and the holiest grows deeper day by day. Ungrudgingly, do it. Ungrudging, do it. It's a process. It's a process. But it grows day by day. It is the cross which affects the rending of our, of our curtain. That is, the cross so functions in the life of the believer that he has a rent curtain experience between his spirit and soul. His natural life renounces his independence and waits upon the spirit life for direction and supply. Hmm. His natural life renounces his independence. In other words, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk independently. I choose not to. I choose to wait upon the Lord. I choose to wait upon the Holy Spirit. I choose. Nah, I could do it, but let me go see what God wants. How God wants this to be done. I. I choose that. I renounce my independence. I can do it on my own. I could go this way on my own, but no, I don't want to do it. The curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. Mark fifteen and thirty eight. This has to be God's doing, not man's. When the work of the cross is finished, God tears the curtain. This cannot be achieved either by our labors or by our strength, not even by our entreaty. The moment the cross accomplishes its task, at that moment is the curtain rent. Let us therefore renew our consecration and offer ourselves to God without reservation. Let us be willing to have our soul life committed to death in order that the Lord who dwells in the holiest may finish his work. If he observes that the cross is wrought thoroughly enough in us, the Lord indeed shall integrate the holiest and the holy within us. Centuries ago, he rent the curtain by his might so that his Holy Spirit might flow from out the glorious body. And that is the end of our lesson. Comments? Amen.
Oh, boy. Criticisms, conclusions. Curtains, rent. Damn God. No, it just, you know, the reading really, the reading plus how you, you know, broke it down, um, just shines light more so on why, um, why it is and how we need to, um, why it's important that we willingly, you know, commit ourselves or surrender ourselves to God. It's funny when I was reading that, and I wasn't going to comment on it until you, um, until you said something. Um, this week, I, I, you know, I've been sending that text out about fasting. Mm-hmm. All that was going on in my house, I just, I, you know, I don't feel like fasting. I don't want to be bothered. Just, just because I just didn't want to be bothered. I just didn't want to be bothered. And so I said, well, I make my decision Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, it's like, it was funny. It was like, I'm going to say it like this. Either I'm going to listen to the Lord nag me about doing it and not doing it, or I'm going to listen to my, I'm saying, I'm going to listen to my flesh nag me about fasting because I chose to fast, or I'm going to listen to the Lord nag me about not fasting because I chose not to fast. I said, you know, I just go ahead and fast. And it's like, I knew it was for my best. I just really just did. I don't feel like being bothered. And that's the honest conclusion. I knew that it was I mean, because I'm still like, Lord, I started this more for natural purposes than spiritual. And then you got involved, which is fine, you know. Lord, you, and you're doing it, you know. But it's just, I'm just tired. I don't want to be bothered. And everything I see is just going, I don't want to be bothered. But it's like Wednesday morning. All right. And so, and afterwards, I, and I thanked him. I, you know, I knew it was for me at, for the best. I just really was funny. I just, but I said I rather have the, I rather have my flesh nag me about fasting, because I chose to fast rather than the Lord nag me about not fasting. I chose not to fast. I said, let me just, so let, let, and so I don't know what's gonna come out. You know, I, it was just an interesting experience. But again, I. I So you made me say that, Erica, because I wasn't going to talk about that. But when he said the part about grudgingly, I just laughed because I showed her. I said, this is one of the most reluctant fasts I've done. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't that it was any harder than any. I just, I just, you know, I'm just, you know, ugh. Right. that's, That's it. You just. I mean, a lot a lot of times there's no reason. It's just you. And that's why, like I said, when you, you know, based on what you read today, that's exactly why we have to always seek God and, and stick close to him because, again, when we allow self to step in, we just. Mm. We just. Mm. No rhyme or reason, no explanation. And a lot of times, you know, I did my group session last night on um, assertive 
and aggression, you know, the difference between being assertive and the difference between being aggressive. And, oh, one one of the ladies got real mad at me because she felt that aggression was not bad. And I, I just, you know, I said, everybody in here, you know, those of you who have a uh, cell phone with you, please look up the definition. And I want, you know, I provided them a definition initially, but then I wanted them to look it up for themselves because she said, I don't think, uh, you know, being aggressive isn't always bad because you can be aggressive and it not be a bad thing. So when she looked it up, well, I'm going to tell you, she had a cell phone and she didn't look it up. But the other women, because I had about 30 women last night. Oh, wow. And the other women decided to go ahead and look it up. And so I said, and if anyone is willing, you know, and comfortable enough, please read the definition. And when you look up aggression, it it says things done, you know, um, in hostility. Things done, you know, something or act that you perform, you know, it referenced hostility, it referenced um, uh, against, you know, I guess when you offend another person, you know, and so we were looking at the difference in doing things because, you know, we act aggressively and then there you can act assertive and assertiveness is a positive way of doing things. And I asked, you know, so what do you, what is your, what are your thoughts now that you read the definition? And she, I mean, you could tell she just felt some type of way because she really, she really believes that I can be aggressive and not be negative. That being aggressive is not necessarily bad. And I said, and that's why it's important that we understand the meaning of words and the way we speak. I said, because you can't take anything from it. The word itself says that it's an act or behavior done with, you know, um, hostility. And I said, it, you know, is hostile a good word? Is it a positive word? And all I'm saying is things mean just what they mean. Like the word of God said, it will never return to us void. And we can't change that to validate anything that we say or do. It is what it is. And oftentimes when we get set in our certain ways and our certain thought patterns, we don't, when you just didn't want to do the fast for whatever reason, there's nothing you can say to validate why you didn't. You just. The bottom line is you made a choice, and your choice was not to do the fast. You can't validate it. There's no justifiable reason. You just chose not to comply. That's all. Morning, Erica. Good morning, Hello. Sherry. How are you? Hey, everybody. You know, there is such a thing as righteous indignation. And when you are angry with a cause... Then, then uh, you know that that is, as far as I know, is acceptable. If you have a cause for why you're upset, and and it's a, and it's it's a righteous cause, then you know then it's acceptable. I just I can give a perfect illustration of the wrong way to do it is when you hate somebody 
and you choose to hate them with a murderous heart or with a wrath in your heart and you want to destroy them, then, yeah, you're being used by the enemy. But if there's a righteous reason behind it, then, then you know, then you're walking with God. See, you know, God didn't say to the Pharisees, oh, hi. He said, you brutal vipers. And he cut them, you know, he, he cut them. He said, you, who, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, he talked about things, oh, you serpents, you brutal vipers, you, you know, you're like, um, you know, and he, and he would correct them and he would cut them. And that was aggressive. That wasn't me. That wasn't mild. That was aggressive. But behind it was righteousness behind it. So that's just And I think, I, uh, I, I think I, again, again, I, I, I would, you know, um, ask that when, when we speak, that we look, you know, we understand exactly what things mean and what we say. Right. And I and I'm just and I I'm I'm asking a question and this is for not just for you but anyone out there. Is there a right way to hate when God tells us to love our enemy? Mm. Isn't that wouldn't that be considered like an oxymoron? So that's why I'm saying we have to chew. We have to understand yeah. this thing goes so deep. Because words matter. And that's why the word teaches us that, you know, your tongue is a weapon. Definitely. Because you can kill with words. You can cause damage with words. Yes. And, I, I, you know, and my, you know, my thinking is that is an oxymoron. There is no righteous. There is no righteousness in hate. No. Because that's not of God. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. And and oftentimes we we validate things by using words that really cancel one another out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in the way things sound, and it's totally incorrect. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So we can you can move in assertiveness. Yes. You can move in assertiveness. You can act in assertiveness. You can speak assertively. You don't have to act aggressively, especially if it causes harm, damage to something or someone else. Right. I think that's kind of in a sense of what's the difference between being led and what's the difference between being driven. Yes. Right. And we can bring it even closer to that, being led and being a leader. Same word. Well, the root word is the same, but a different meaning. Mm-hmm. See, to be led, you have to be willing. You have to commit. You have to surrender yourself to be guided by someone or something else. There has to be a willingness.
And again, you know what? I think it break even down. Then that's going to make us look as what are the sources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. If we if we start mm-hmm. down to that, that is the source. Because, see, when you're being led, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. When you're being driven, you're being driven by uh-huh. satanic spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. you, well, or yourself, same difference, which is the flesh right. that's actually good. Right. And even in that self, if we're being driven by ourselves, then we know that's not inspired by God. Right. So then. And, and ooh. Mm. Amen. I'm sorry. What's going to be the ultimate thing is somewhere along the way, something's going to fall apart. Yeah. Or I say it like this because you can walk being led and things can fall apart according to the natural. In other words, it might not be what you thought, but if you will continue to stand and stand there for, there's a purpose and a reason. And in his godly divine timing, everything will work together for the good. Amen. Thank God. God. And, you know, since you broke it down to, you know, you're walking in, being led, and then using the word driven. Okay, driven is like if you're driving a car. Okay, you look and you're dependent on that to get from point A to point B. But look how much you miss in between by being driven. You're being led. You get to go see the whole picture as you take each step. Because when you grasp, your focus is on one thing to get to one point. Not all of the stuff that you got to see and deal with in between, you're passing that up. So you're not getting the true meaning out of what you're being driven to or driven for. You just got the things that tickling the ear that you want to hear to make it your ultimate goal. Now, Sam, go ahead. Huh? Okay, because for for example, okay, you know, so I know a lot of times I heard this when I've been in church and the pastor would say, okay, hey, when you sit down on the pews or the chairs for service, you're not worried about them falling in because you're believing in them to support your way. If you go in there and sit down on the one day and don't support your way, should you really be surprised? I mean, so when you're walking and you're seeing, you're able to do more, fulfill his will and prophecy. But the driven. Driven is pretty much just pertaining to self. It's not pertaining to anybody else. Because it's your mind, your thoughts, and you're trying to go for one thing. It may not be the right thing, but this is what got you at the moment. Well, see, now let's do this then. And since we're talking about sources... I brought this up before. The definition of fear is believing in something that has not yet occurred. I'm I'm scared because if I walk across the street, I'm going to get hit, so I'm staying on the other side. Like I talked about the example of being in the oceans. The shark's going to eat me. I'm going to drown. Has anything not occurred yet? Mm-hmm. The definition of faith is believing in something that has not yet occurred. I'm believing right. I'm going to get to the other side. I'm believing that I'm going to have a breakthrough. I'm believing that... This is going to break. So the death, see, this is what Erica was talking about. 
when we start to get into the understanding, the definitions are the same. The definition of fear is believing that something has not yet occurred. The definition right. of fear is believing that something has not yet occurred. But the sources are two totally different things. Right. And so, again, so now that's why we have to be conscious of the source, and that's why we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and discern things so that we can recognize the source. And walk accordingly. Sam? Yes, yeah. Oh, I thought we lost you. Um, I have a question. When is it when we're getting external pressure from the enemy, and when is it internal? How can you tell the difference? Well, I would say this, um, just pray in the Spirit first, okay. and then allow God to show you, because, I mean, sometimes it might not be a difference. Okay. Because sometimes that internal pressure might seem like the enemy, and it's you, it's your own mind, your own thoughts, right. your own habits. Uh-huh. So you might, so that's why I said you might not even know the difference. So, but then let me ask you this. What difference does it make if it's you or if it's the devil, if it's still not a walk in accordance with the spirit? Right. And see, that's what the book is pointing out, that even if your soul is trying to do godly things and it's not being led by the spirit, it's still not what God wants to be done. Right. So, again, by praying in the spirit and asking the Lord to begin to reveal these things to you and being open to him, Right. And patient. Yeah. See, all that goes hand in hand. We right. can pray, we can get in the spirit, and then we still want to run out here and do. Mm. We got to learn to be patient and trust. Because see, sometimes in that trust, it, that that's gonna come there too. Well, Lord, I'm trying to wait for you, but I got this. Like right now, I got about ten things I'm trying to do. Mm. But I got to trust the Lord to get it done, and the way that He wants to get it done. I like that. So then I got to. Okay, Lord, well, then, Lord, give me, then, see, this is what makes you, well, Lord, then give me the peace that I need. Give me the strength that I need. And you have to settle yourself down again in him or allow, better yet, allow the Holy Spirit to settle you down. But that's because you're making a decision to turn to him and turn away from yourself. So getting back to your question, the pressure might be externally from the enemy or might be internally from you. But if it's still not being led by the Spirit of God and it's not what God would desire, then it doesn't matter. It's still not in the path. Both of them are not what God, you know, the way that God's desiring you to be led. Say you know somebody that's really struggling in this area. You just pray in tongues for them and just be there and listen for them? Or how do you... Well... I'll just say it. Louis, Louis had a bad morning this morning. Go on Google Maps. And and he was confessing stuff that really was deep inside of him, and it was not pretty. <laughs> I won't say no more about that, but he just kept confessing stuff that uh, was not good. And uh, he finally got to himself, and he just started crying, and he said, God, I need your strength. I need your help. See, he finally did reach out to God and say, God, you've got to help me here because I can't, you know, I need you. But he went 
the long way about it with all these things he kept saying about himself that were just totally um, hurting himself, you know. And he'd leave, and I would cry and say, oh, Jesus, you got to help him today, you know. And it was just a struggle. He was battling this morning. He went to bed at 4 and got up at 6.30, and he's just tired. And now he's going to work, and he's still tired. And when he's like that, he just he's not himself, you know. And it concerns me, but like you said, I, I can have hope that that will resolve itself in time. It's just, it's just the immediacy of it right now with, with him, and I don't. So I'm just sitting around waiting and patiently listening to him, you know, and, and just when he leaves, I pray. Okay. And for me, that's about all I can do okay. as far as I know. What do you think, Sam? Or what does God think about that? I mean, I should ask that question. Uh-huh. You, you're saying what does God think about what you just said? Yeah. I mean, in a situation like that, Sherry, what you do is you just pray yeah. and you allow God. And like somebody said on the, um, you just have to really pray and, and just be patient. You can't force anybody to see oh. or to do anything. Oh. So and a lot of times it's up to us to, you know, the changes that might be need to be made within ourselves. Right. You know, so, I mean, as a matter of fact, this lady I want to pray for before we get off the call, um, you know, you, because literally, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, you can't force God down. The Holy Spirit is not going to force himself on you, so we can't force God upon on anybody. No. So, um, mm, it's just, 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 you have to pray, and literally, that's why I say these things got to be spiritually led. You just got to let God lead you. Exactly. Yes. And and eventually it will work out. Right? What's this? I said eventually it'll work out. Well, like I heard somebody say something to me while I realized what he was saying. But he said, um, God will take the bad things in your life. He anyway, he said it three ways. He said the good things and the bad things will work out together for your good. The bad things and the bad things will work out together for your good. And the good things and the good things together work out for your good. So by trusting, by being patient and seeking God's word regarding everything that we're dealing with, okay. yes, eventually it will turn out for our good and for his glory. Praise God. And that's the hope we have. <laughs> yep. That's a good thing. Yes. Well, that was a word of encouragement for me. I appreciate that, Tim. No problem. Hold that up. All right. Um, taking prayer requests. Trying to see what time they open. Write down the phone number and listen back. Is open. Okay. Put me on your list. <laughs> me too, Mr. Sam. It's just Punch. Oh, hey, Punch. How you doing, babe? Hi. Okay. 
Lord had me to call you so you can get on the line this morning. First of all, I want to say anything that I read, would you find that beneficial? Yes. Okay. Um, honestly, you know, it's like I'm going to just tell you what and why. It's like you just popped into my mind. And I said, oh, okay. And you kept popping in my mind. I said, okay, well, Lord, maybe it's something that you want to deal with. Her. So as he kept having you popping in my mind, I said, well, evidently you, you do. See, see, I'm, 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 evidently it's not just you running across my mind. Evidently something in my spirit. And maybe this will be beneficial for you all when I'm talking about what God wants me to do compared to what I want to do. It was like when she kept coming back, I said, evidently it's not just me thinking about her or whatever. Evidently it's something spiritual that God wants to do. So when, after continually popping in my mind, then I said, well, Lord, shit, of course, shit, da, 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 I just began to ponder upon it. I said, evidently it's must want done with her. I don't know what it is, Lord, but how and where. So then as I'm now beginning to commune with my spirit man regarding her, I said, okay, well, evidently I might be beneficial if she gets on a call. Okay, so in my see now, I'm communing in my spirit, man. Okay, communing. My spirit is communing with God's spirit. What is it? I don't know, but being but being just obedient, get her and see if she can get on the line. Okay, Lord, well, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, communing in my spirit, man. When, Lord, okay, well, the best time would be, you know, like after we, right when we do the reading. And then I can pray for us. Okay, Lord, so now I basically was saying all that just to tell you the processes of what, how I, that I reached out to you to get on the line. Then in you and your obedience, you said, yes, Lord, I'm willing to come and do what you called me to do. I don't know what it is, but I'm just willing to be obedient. And see, just like we were reading earlier, talking about getting on the altar, it starts with just being obedient. Just like I was talking about me fasting, it was just me being obedient. I didn't want to do it, but I was just being obedient. So now Punch has made a decision, say, Lord, I'm obedient. I got on the line. Lord, I don't really know what it is, but, Lord, I'm going to trust you. See, that's another example about the great physician. We just have to trust what he's doing. We don't have to know what he's doing. We got to trust him. It's just like when I, 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 we're taking a kid across, across the street. That kid is trusting us. We got his hand out, and we're, the parents are the ones that's looking at the traffic and looking at the situation, the circumstance. The kid is just in their own little world. Matter of fact, if you don't hold that hand tight enough, the kid will go against you in the opposite direction because they just don't know any better. So now I'm about to pray for you, Punch. Yes, yes, yes. That have been improperly bandaged up. It's like wounds that have not been properly taken care of. And, and, and you want and you're desiring to press on, but you feel stagnant. You feel lost. You feel confused. 
you don't want to go back and do, and even when I was reading about doing things your way, you're really trying to seek God about what to do and how to do it. <clears throat> but you feel stagnant. You feel lost. You feel hurt. And I would even dare to say confused in certain situations and circumstances. There's a burning in you as far as desire to do something. It's just where do I do it? And then the problem comes when you start out or you take a couple of steps and then... You stagnate, you burn out, or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Okay. There's a variety of different reasons. You got some curses, some generational curses, and I think something really, something with this whole weekend with your grandmother's funeral, something opened up something in that arena. I don't know what. Something in, in that arena or generational, something just like, bam, it just like became clear, like, oh, my God. So we're going to deal with that today in the spiritual, but then there's some natural things as well that, that, that God wants to do. See, he's trying to get you out of this place of stagnation. That's what he's really trying to do. He's really trying to get you out of this place of stagnation. Okay. Okay, so we're going to start with you confessing after me. Say, Father God. Father God. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't need to know. But I don't need to know. I just need to trust you. I just need to trust you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I give you total permission. I give you total permission to go in, to go in and do whatever you see needs to be done. And do whatever you see needs to be done. I am laying on the altar of your love, Jesus. I am laying on the altar of your love, Jesus. I am laying on the altar of the cross of Christ. I am laying on the altar of Christ, the cross of Christ. Father God, come inside of me now. Father God, come inside of me now. You work. You work. You do. You do. That which you know needs to be done. Which you know needs to be done. I give you total permission. I give you total permission. And I give you the praise. And I give you the praise. Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm about to pray over you. Father God, that's your daughter. Mm. That's your daughter, Lord. You're moving now in a great and mighty way. That's your daughter, Lord. You're moving now in a great and mighty way. That's your daughter, Lord. Go forth inside of her, Lord. Close those gateways that need to be closed, Lord. We're pleading the precious Holy Ghost anointed blood over her life. 
Close those gateways that need to be closed. Mm-hmm. Shit, there we go. Ooh, it's the bomb of Gilead just coming in and soothing you right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. The bomb of Gilead coming in and soothing you right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Ooh, woman of God. Ooh, just release that. Don't let her hold on that. It's... Do you do you feel something like a twinging or twinkling? Do you feel some type of sensation inside of you? It's like it's something that 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 that's stirring inside of you. Just let it let it do what it's gonna do. Don't don't try to analyze it. Just accept it. Whatever it's gonna do, you just let it do what it's gonna do. I can kind of tell you what's going on. It's it's it's, it's kind of you know it's a cleansing, it's a removing. So some things are getting getting ready to get out of you, and there's some things that's coming inside. See again, that's why you gotta trust Christ when He's doing something like this. You trust and allow Him. There it is. There it is. There it is. It got hold of something. It's like you know, like when you're cleaning a garment or or whatever, and you get into this spot. It's a stubborn stain, a stubborn spot. You got a stubborn spot in you that the Holy Spirit is tending to right now. You got a stubborn spot in you right now. It's, 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 and they see it got in there through some hurt or some pain or some damage. But God said, no, nah, I'm going to. See, when he gets inside, he's going to do it the great way. He's gonna, it's going to not leave any scar tissue. It's going to be covered by his blood. It's going to be here. He, he's tending to that spot right now. He's tending to that. See, it's going to cause a disturbance. You might even be uncomfortable for a little while, but it's okay. See, sometimes when we go through surgery, we, we get hurt and we got to go through a recuperation period. And right now, God is dealing with that stubborn spot. Mm, yeah, I know. You got to get up out of it today. You got to get up out of it today. You got to get up out of it today. Yeah, there it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Yeah, we're going to keep, we're getting you out of it today. You're not staying today. You're not staying today. Uh-uh. No, no, no. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. I don't care about generational curses. We're breaking that right now in the name of Jesus. I don't care what, but grandmammy, mammy, happy, whomever, whatever. It don't matter anymore because right now the blood of Jesus is covered. Those generational curses. Right now, as she did, go, yeah. We're breaking off generational curses right now in the name of Jesus. We're closing all doors right now in the name of Jesus. You got to get out of it today. We're casting you into the dry places today. You no longer have a residence inside of her. No, 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 no. Today is the day that God has ordained that she will be freed from that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Get out of it right now to the dry places. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to reside anywhere else in her. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, move as you know it needs to be moved. Begin to round up all the spirits you designed today to get out of her. Oh, there it is. Mm. Mm, there you go. Take your word and begin to lasso around them. There they go. No, they can't hide. They can't hide. The light of God is on them. They can't hide. Mm. The light of God is on them. They can't hide. Yeah, the course shit is conduct. The light of God is on them. Mm. They can't hide. There we go. I'm asking for your angels just to begin to give praise and glory to God. I'm asking for your angels just to begin to sing and give God the glory. I'm asking for your angels. Shit, the course shit, the course run, the shit, the course kaka. Horamboshi can rush the course shit, the course sun rush the course I'm asking for your angels to begin to praise. And give God the glory. 
Oh, so there we go. There we go. Now we're getting ready there. Now we're getting ready to release that. Now it's getting ready to come out of you. Now it's getting ready to come out of you. Father God, now move in your way. Move in your way. Now I command you every foul spirit. I command you right now to release in the name punch. Begin to cough. Begin to cough. Begin to cough. It's now time for him to go. Begin to cough. Get that out of her right now. You no longer have any room. As the word of God begins to fill those voids, there we go. Get out of her. I need to hear you cough. Cough. Don't let that stand you. We're casting to the dry place. Get it out of you. Get it out of you. Not staying inside of her. No. Mm. Get out of her. Get out of her right now, Jesus. Mm. Get out of her. Get out of her right now, Jesus. Get out of her. Mm. Get out of her. That's it. Get out of her. No more stagnation. No more stagnation. No more stagnation. Is a healing balm of Gilead inside of her. Now get out of her right now. Get out of her right now. You will no longer reside. It is not God's desire. And she is called Yadakasha. She has lined up with God. Get out. I, 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 I get out of her. I need to hear you cough. See, that's that stubbornness right there. That's that hard. See, this one here, his, this one here is hard. It might hurt a little bit. It might hurt a little bit because it's stubborn and it's hard and it's been there for a while. But it's okay. It's okay. Trust God regarding this. Trust God. Oh, it's got some hurt attached to it. Ooh. It's got some hurt attached to it. But it's okay. God's love covers a multitude of sins. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that rebellion. Don't worry about that That, that anger, that rage. Don't worry about that. See, all of that's God. We, we say cease and desist right now in Jesus' name. Get out of her right now. You will not reside in her. Yeah, that's it. You will not reside in her. Yeah, that's it. Cough it out, Punch. Cough it out. Cough it out. Cough it out. Cough it out. We cast you to the dry places. Cough it out. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's slowly coming out of you, though. It's slowly coming out of you. It's 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 coming out of you. Mm-mm. It's not going to reside. No. No. Get out of her. The word begin to rise up inside of her. There we go. Bomb of Gilead is healing her and filling up those voids. No areas left. The word. Remember the love, the peace, the restoration, the healing. There it is. There to get that out of her. There it is. Get that out of her. Mhm. Get that out of her. Mhm. Don't think about the rejection. Don't think about the rejection. Don't think about that rejection. Mm. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Oh my God, that was a big hole. Oh my God, that was a tear. Mm. That rejection. Mm. Think about His mercy. Think about his grace. Think about how his arms have always wrapped itself around you. Think about that. There we go. There we go. Get some more out of you. Some more out of you. It's okay. It's okay. You can let him in those areas. See, this is when you got to just trust God. It's when you got to just trust God. Trust that he's, he's doing what he needs to do. 
Father God, just let the word just meditate inside of her, rise up inside of her. Keep her in perfect peace. Keep her in perfect peace. Keep her in perfect peace. So just throughout the day, just try to keep keep yourself centered around the things of God. Let the music of God, the anointings of God just keep surrounding yourself. Because, see, this is actually a huge, something especially in the area of rejection. Something especially in the area of rejection opened up a huge void in your life. It opened up a, a huge doorway where a lot of things entered in. So this is nothing minor. It, it, it lets some things in. Rebellion, hurt, all, see, the, the, it just let all the major, I'm talking about major spirits. I'm not talking about no little thing, but that rejection. But see, recognize that Jesus went off, called, he, he, he got left the 99 and went and got the one. There's no rejection in Christ. When you say yes to the master, oh, he's looking for you to say yes, and you say yes. He went and got you. He went and saved you. There's no rejection in the master. And he can heal, he can anoint, and he can increase. There's nothing but love and peace and restoration. So let God work these things out of your life. And he's going to heal you in the area of restoration. So where, rest, where rejection was at, Lord, let restoration be there, Father. Let love and peace minister to her life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Well, it's one's prayer. Okay. Um, before I forget, let me um Are you on the line, Erica? I am. I want you oh, Jesus. I want you to pray for this lady called Barbara Jean. She needs salvation. She's like literally at the end, and she needs salvation. I let let the Lord lead you. And those, I mean, I'm I'm kind of laughing because y'all don't know the situation. But I literally, when I'm saying she's at the end, she's literally at the end of her life, and she needs salvation. He prays all getting in court with her. And you said her name is what again? Barbara. Barbara Jenkins. Barbara Jenkins. Amen. Lord, we thank you. Kisi Dara, Shaytara Makoshara, Sitara Makoshi, Sitara Makoshi, Sitara Hashida, 
mokoshara sitara hasira sitara hamokoshara sara hositara hasira hositara mokoshara sitara mokoshara sitara hasara hositara mokoshara sara hositara hasira sitara mokoshara Kashita Mokoshara, Sitara Mokoshita Sara, Kashitara Hasira, Kishara Mokoshita Sara, Kosoro Mokoshata Sira Mokoshata Sara, Kishitara Mokoshata Sara, Kishitara, Kishitara Mokoshara, Kishitara Mokoshata Sara Mokoshita, Kishitara Hasira, Kishitara Mokoshara, Kishitara Mokoshita Sara, Kishitara Hasara Mokoshita Sara, Kishitara Hasara, Kishitara Mokoshita Sara Mokoshata Si, Kishitara Hasara, Koshitara Mokoshata Si, Shitara Hasara, Kishitara Mokoshara, Kishitara Mokoshata Si, Mokoshata Sara, Kishara Mokoshara, Shitara Hasira Mokoshita Shitara Hasara Mokoshatara, Kishitara Mokoshata Si, Mokoshata Si, Kishi <laughs> Sitara Sitara Mokoshara, 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 Sitara Mokoshara,
که شیطر ما خوشه رکر شیطر ما خوشه دردید حتر ما کنسر شیطر حتر ما خوشه شیطر حسیر ما کنشیطر که شیطر ما خوشه دردید که شیطر ما خوشه رکر شیطر ما خوشه دردید که شیطر ما خوشه شیطر ما خوشه دردید که شیطر حسیر ما خوشه شیطر حسیر ما خوشه دردید Shitara Shitara needs 
I, I know what's going on. It's just I can't ex- tell y'all to just him and I, but it just, I just, you know what I, you know what I'm saying. Like, you just, and he, just, you just wanted to pray. You just. I just. We got you. <laughs> and we, had, and we had that conversation just, yeah, just. Yeah, just. Right. We understand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, let me pray for the household, Sherry and Louis. For him to settle down. Just be patient. Cover him and let him go through what he's going through. You don't even have to say you just be patient and let God be God. This is not just a minor little thing. This is something major, more so spiritually than you recognize. Yes. And there's some major confrontation that's causing this turmoil. And you have to let him, you have to let him be the man and you have to let him be the head and you have to bow down. Yes. It is not for you to step up and to tell him he has to figure this out. It is for you to be at his side. Okay. And as the Holy Spirit allows, then you will softly tell him or speak to him what God tells you to say. Okay. But he has to go through this however he's going to go through it. Okay. Let him be the man. Okay. (laughs) No problem. Let him be the man and just tr- and th- and you trust God for the outcome. Okay. And that's what will make the difference. Okay. God bless you, Sam. Amen. 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 I hear water running. What are they doing? Huh? I just hear water running. It did just. Stuff like that happens in my household. Okay. But someone is turning on the faucets, right? I don't know. I'll come home and water run all night around here. That's why I got to, you know, she'll turn on the, on the hose and it'll be running. I'll come outside the car, patio's drenched and, you know. So I, I got to check on stuff like that. But he's outside, so he might be doing something in the garden. Oh, okay. That's just another one of those interesting things, uh in the Farley family. It's not just yours. Oh, I trust and believe. <laughs> just being patient and let trust in God. There you go. And allow him to keep me centered and give me the strength that I need to press on. That's right. So that's what type of prayer I need for today. One to press on and for protection. All righty then. Well, let me pray for Miss Renee. Shut up. Shut up. 
Yes, 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 Father. Let the power of God fill her up. Let the anointing of Christ keep her. Let the word, the powerful anointing word of God, the powerful anointing of God rise up inside of her spirit. The powerful anointing of God rise up inside of her spirit, and she will begin to march to victory. She will begin to rise up and march in accordance with the word of God. She will not cower back. She will trust in the breaking power of God, the breaking yoke power of God, the breaking strongholds power of God. She will march in victory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that um, I, asked, I asked you to pray to me for um, transportation, right? Right. Okay, so I have, I have a customer later on today. They're bringing me a car seat. They're bringing you what? I said they, they're bringing me a car seat for the baby. Oh, oh okay, that's cool. Yeah, so it's not very close. All righty, then. God's moving and providing. That's right. So true, so true. Fannie Marie came. She came home. Huh? I said Fannie Marie said one day she came, just had her son come outside the door and just start getting all the stuff out the car. And she, he, he looking at her like she's crazy. And next day she went and bought a car. It wasn't even on the spirits driving. And she just pulled in and came out with a car. So, hey, God's making a way. I'm just saying, I'm standing, I'm standing rooted and grounded. 
And uh, too, I heard a little saying the other day um, from one of the Tyler series plays. It was talking about uh, who you choose to run with. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ripped the thing over to the uh, vine. And he said, you know, you can have, you can be a leaf, you can be a branch, or, or you can be a root. So they're talking about the people that, you know, they come into your life for a season. Okay, when the season comes and goes, what happens? It loses its leaves. So it leaves. So let that leaf leave. Okay, now you get somebody that's a branch in your life. Okay, you step out on that branch. Okay, it collapses and breaks. Okay, so you have to know about the endurance. Okay, but if you get down to the root, which is going to take in nourishment and stay planted, that's what you're looking for. So, don't be a part of something. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be in the root. Okay. Anybody else want prayer? I do. Okay, Erica. Yep, it's me, Sam. So let me pray for Racy. She's brandy to go say she she's to go her back out of the Wow. Wow. Oh, you gonna cut me on this one? Mm. Um, what I can't remember who it was in the Bible, but they told them to go and defeat this enemy, and they went and talked to the prophet Tis, Deborah. And when they talked to her, and God told them what they wanted to say, well, well, I'll go if you go with me. So, Barak, that okay? Barak went to the talk to the prophet Deborah. So, I say this: Eric, you sit up and wondering why these people won't just go and do what they supposed to do. They hear from God. You told them, but yet and still they come and they want to take your hand and take you along with them. Why don't they just, they, they just, you know why? Because though they hear and see their relationship is not where it needs to be like yours. Um, you, you, they see, okay, and I say it like this, it's like the people see God through Moses. They see God through you. They're not at the point that they need to be. They're not strong enough where they need it, where they're comfortable to walk on their own. You see it. You know it and say, why don't y'all just go do it just like you was talking about your church? 
Here they go looking at you to do. They, 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 but they're scared. They're not confident. They're not built up enough. So now that's what frustrates you because you getting people, even men, running to you for help, and you're saying you are more than capable of doing what's in front of you. I, and you're like, I'm not, it's not like I'm that special. Just go talk to God for yourself and grab hold of him for the strength and he will give you what you need. But they feel incompetent. Mm. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to do it this way. See, when a man is incompetent, when he can't perform in that, it affects his whole being. That's why you see all these commercials and stuff. That's why Joe Jackson had a stroke and three heart because he took three Viagra. When he came, <laughs> it, it affects his whole being. So now transfer that from the sexual being to where they're at. They're in that same thing. They're incompetent. They're not. They're feeling unqualified, incapable, whatever, to perform that which God is calling them to do. So they're looking to you for help. Not that it makes you feel any better about it. And not to say that it is always for you to help them. It is always for you to tell them. It is always for you to take say, thus what says the Lord, but it is not always for you to help them. So now, when they come to you for the guidance or the word, whatever, you give them the word, but then when they ask you to go with them, then you say, wait, you have to go and you have to talk to your God and see, is that your assignment? And it might be for somebody else's assignment. That's not your, so you just you just lead those into battle that God calls you to lead and those he tells you to let them go or to find another way, then you leave that alone. It's not it's not your it's not your job. And that's my prayer for you. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna Amen. take this. I know you got a few choice words for me. <laughs> Okay. Hallelujah. I got it. I got it. 
Now she's going to be out of breath. <laughs> hey, Maria. Hey, Renee, how you doing? Doing oh, okay. How you doing? Oh, you know, tend to tell me, but I'm good. Take a Okay. Mind. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, you said that um, it was, if they, um, you got diagnosed having a thyroid problem? Oh. Yes. No, that's not me. That's E. Okay. Oh, okay. That's me, Renee. Erica has a thyroid issue. Maria doing something else. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, Erica? Yes? Okay, um, have you had any, um, like, arthritic pain or tiredness? Of course. Every day. Okay, okay now, do me this favor. The word is um, coffee. And it's spelled T O P H I. T O P H I? Yeah. And it's a form of gout. T O P H I? Yeah, T O P H I. And what it does is when you get too much proteins in your system, especially when your thyroid or something else is compromising your immune system. Uh, it tends to start trying to get into your toes, your ankles, as my as my kids will call them, cankles. Um, your fingers starts making you tired. Okay, and it's just basically for where you're gonna have to cut back on your meat consumption, and then try not to double up on it. Say like if you had. Um, like if you had a burrito or something that would have traditional meat but then also have beans, you can only do one or the other. You can't do both. Huh. Okay. And then, and what keep her, it'll keep her from hurting? What does it keep her from doing what? Huh? It'll keep her from doing what, though? You said okay. it'll, keep it'll, it'll keep those. See, when you have a high level of those proteins in your body, uh-huh. it can create kidney stones, it can create um, rheumatoid arthritis to where you start, it looks like your fingers and your body and your bones and joints are looking like they've taken on an alien form. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So if you cut back on that and balance out and eat more fruits and vegetables, then it'll treat you better. Hello, how you doing? Mm-hmm. It'll okay. treat you much better. So it's T as in time, O P H I? Yeah, C O P H I. Uh, okay. So she gets yeah. get too much protein that she's saying. Let me go home there. But you know something, uh, Sam? Sam? Yeah, I'm listening. You know, the interesting thing about what she said, you remember I told you when we even talked about this fast thing that I have been saying for months, before I, before long I can see myself being a vegetarian. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
so that so that'll help you out quite a bit too. As a matter of fact, because if you keep on if you keep on eating high things that that that's high in protein, it can start messing with your ears as well. What? I said if you keep eating things that's high in protein, not only with those crystals deposit in your joints, but it uh-huh. can also deposit in your ear and mess up your ear as well. That's why she said what? Because she couldn't hear. <laughs> oh, okay. And that was Maria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ready for your prayer, Maria? Uh, take some of that. Yes. All right. <sighs> Father God, continue to bless her abundantly. Continue to open up our heart to see and to seek you. And to walk in the fullness. What and who you're calling her to do, Father. Bless her abundantly, Father. As you are wrapping your arms around her. And allowing the atmosphere of God, the presence of God, the power of God. God to come forth, the power, the presence, the atmosphere is shifting right now, as you are beginning to... Yeah, Father, as you continue to bless her, Father, as you continue to speak to her heart, and continue to fulfill all that you've called her to do, Lord, she will not miss a step or a beat but she will walk in the fullness of the power of God in her life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, how's everybody at home? Uh, we at home. <laughs> we doing all right. We going to be all right. And we were going back there yesterday, but it's not back there anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, 0120, Color Charm. One zero zero what? Okay. Oh, she talking. How does that work? Okay. Anybody else want prayer? Alrighty, people. Nobody else wants prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time that we've had together. Holy Spirit, continue to move in our lives. Bless us abundantly. Continue to help us to rise up and do the great and mighty things you've called us to do. Let us be your people, a peculiar people, who are walking by your name and by your grace, Lord. Continue to bless us and shine down on us, Lord. And help us in all things that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 All right, peeps. Well, I will holler at y'all later. All right. Okay. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one. Love y'all. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. Sam?
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.